Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Do you guys ever feel like if you could only remove yourself from your business, things would flow better. And I don't mean in terms of building a team. I mean, knowing that you make progress, you're working really hard, and somehow you become the obstacle, right? <laughs> That's what today's show is about. I'm really excited. We've got an author on the show today. I've got Bob McIntosh. who wrote a book called Get Out of Your Own Way, Break the Perfectionist Mindset. This <laughs> is probably one of the most freeing things you can do in your business. I know it was for me. Um, but you're absolutely going to love this. I forget exactly which episode number it was because, of course, I'm recording this and just coming to my head, but it was where I talked about being the obstacle, you being the obstacle in your business, and I think that's what you're going to get out of this interview, and this book is fantastic, and just, you know, take what works for you. That's what I love about this. You can take steps. You can take, you know, someone's quote-unquote system or structure and then bend it to how it works. All right, I'm going to stop rambling so you guys can listen to the interview. This is Bob McIntosh of Get Out of Your Own Way. Our guest today is Bob McIntosh. Bob, thank you so much for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, pretty cool. So congratulations, first of all, on the book launch. Hello. Woohoo. <laughs> it's been a it's been a process, but I am like beyond stoked to finally have it done and get this book in the hands of as hopefully as many people as possible. Awesome. And we're going to hopefully do that for you uh, along with you, I guess I should say. Um, but before we get into the book and your business, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and sort of what you were doing before you got to where you are today. Um, yeah, so it's kind of a, an interesting story, one that I, I at least for me is interesting. Hopefully everybody else will find it. So, <laughs> um, my, my dad actually started his own business with his dad, my grandpa, uh, when he graduated from college. And, um, so I've kind of always had that entrepreneurial, uh, background, I guess you could say. Um, but I kind of went more the traditional path initially. I, you know, went to college, um, got a, a regular old nine to five type job. Um, and I did that for six years and it was a lot of fun and I very much enjoyed what I did for the, the company I worked for and worked with a lot of great people. I got to travel to, um, through the course of that, that job, all but six states in the United States, which was pretty fun. But at the end of the day, like it was never going to be my own business, my thing, my, you know, something that I sort of created and forged from nothing into something. And so I, you know, was always sort of seeking that process. And um, through through that process, it's led me on, on a couple of ventures. Uh, my dad and I ended up launching our own real estate business, which we still have to this day and not very big, but it just does just does a little bit here and there. We do handful of fix and flip properties back in the Buffalo, New York market, which is where I uh, grew up, although I live in Los Angeles now because, well, if you live or have been anywhere in the Northeast, you know what the weather is like. Uh, Los Angeles. I, I don't know how people do it. I'm in Northern California <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's 55 today. And people are like, shut up. <laughs> uh, exactly, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, so I uh, started along that. And then through the process of that, I met um, some really, really inspirational people who are just uh, great business owners, um, have built a phenomenal business themselves um, and got actually got called on stage. Um, not, um, um, like I wasn't planning it. I had no idea. Um, and was completely terrified to get up there because I'm sort of like this IT nerd kind of guy a little bit. And I'm like, I'm getting up on a stage in front of like 500 people freaking out in my head. Um, and then something interesting happened, which was that I, um, I ended up really loving it. Like I kind of like had this weird out of body moment sort of, which had you told me these things happened before that I would have called you crazy. Um, but <laughs> But it did. It happened for me. Um, and kind of I just love those I was, moments. I live for them, man. <laughs> right? Well, I, that was my first one. So ever. <laughs> um, but I kind of knew I was like doing the right thing the right way. So I I sought out their help to learn how to speak and get on stage in front of more people. And about three years ago, I was able to, to leave my full-time job to go do that and have spoken since then in front of 
thousands of different entrepreneurs over the last few years. And, and through talking to them, they're really what has catalyzed, you know, um, or the catalyst rather for me to write this book and, um, put it out there because the, the concept of the book, which is, you know, I don't want to dive too far ahead, but the concept of the book is something that I noticed was impacting the large majority of those thousands of entrepreneurs that I talked to. And so, you know, it's something that I faced and dealt with myself. And so it has a personal meaning to me as well as hopefully for everybody else that's out there building their own business. That is a friggin' awesome story, especially because I know there are a ton of people who too are either working nine to five and it feels very elusive when you're there, right? It feels Mm -hmm. so far away to get to that point. Um, And so I'd be curious, you know, like, what was, was it, did you, had you set an income goal for yourself? You said, okay, look, as soon as I'm doing X amount a month, or did you take a leap? Like you made it sound very effortless and which it may have been, <laughs> but, but I know from listening to people or in talking with people that it really seems scary and it's, a, it's so risky and it's this huge struggle to make that transition. Yeah, no, I, I definitely made it sound effortless and it was anything but, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I mean, really, at the end of the day, for me, what what it came down to was that that money, the income issue. At the time, not anymore, but at the time I was married and, um, you know, it wasn't just me. I had to think about it. it was, you know, somebody else as well. And so and my old job paid me very, very, very well. You know, for, you know, for, for how young I was coming out of school and, and the month they paid me, it was, it was pretty ridiculous, actually, you know, when I, when I look back at it. But, um, yeah, so it, it was sort of an income goal. Um, when I made that leap, um, I did take a, I'll say a pretty significant pay cut. Um, but I kind of said, here's what I need to, to make ends meet at the very least. Um, and go from there. And, you know, those, those first few years after that, I, I, I will say I wasn't making much more than what I needed to make ends meet. Um, but at least it was there. Um, and then since then things have gotten significantly better and, and you know, I, I'm doing, doing much, much better than I was before, but it, yeah, it definitely is. It, it's scary. Um, and, and the other hard part too, that I, I think a lot of times people don't take into account is the time, uh, I'll say sort of the time in that in between. So I, I, you know, I kind of was like, Oh, like I did this and I had a great opportunity and all of a sudden it was there, but really, um, that opportunity was precipitated by almost two straight years of hardcore effort. Um, you know, I was working probably 60 to 70 hours a week for the job, plus 10 hours a week in travel, plus 15, 20 hours in the real estate business, plus, whatever time I had left, you know, uh, trying to figure out how to become a speaker and plug myself in there and do a little bit. I did some internet marketing things here and there. Um, and so really there was about two years of just nonstop hustle. Um, you know, I didn't really, you know, go out very often, didn't see a lot of my friends very often. Um, you know, kind of made some of those sacrifices for those, that period of time. And uh, if I look back now, um, I wouldn't change a thing. And yeah, sure. Like I, I might have missed out on, on some parties and some other things here and there that would have been, you know, fun to be at. Um, but I'm having a lot more fun now than I, you know, than I would have doing those things for that shorter period of time. Yeah. You know, it's funny that it's interesting as you say that because, um, (laughs) you know, I I think because I love what I do so much, I don't need a ton of external (laughs) anymore. It's like, I just love (laughs) what I do. And, and so when the right things show up, I go. And if I really don't feel like it, I'm like, "Eh, it's okay, you know, but there were, there was that time where it was, it wasn't an option, right? Where, where you're going, yeah, I'd love to go do that. All right. But I'm like, no, like (laughs) when, you know, going out with friends or, I'm, I don't want to say partying because I just am way past that stage in my life. <laughs> but even then, I'm like, I don't even want a glass of wine with dinner. I need my brain tomorrow, you know. But you start, you do. It's like you just, you have to be willing to do the work before you ever reap any sort of payoff. And there's a level of trust that you're like, well, here we go. You know, it's, you yeah. just have to trust that the efforts are going to pay off. And it's just, they don't necessarily pay off when we want them to, but you got to trust it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll say too, like, yeah, effort's amazing. Um, and, and you talk to a lot of people, um, whether they're, you know, big people like Gary Vaynerchuk or, or smaller people that you never heard of before. Um, and they'll talk about that effort. Uh, I will say too that having a, a good coach or mentor to kind of help guide your effort along the right path, make sure it is, is heading somewhere just based on experience. It, w- it definitely is, is valuable. Like there's nothing worse than, you know, spending a lot of time and, and a lot of hustle only to realize that whatever you've been hustling on isn't going to get you where you need to be. So definitely seek out the right kind of coaching and mentoring as well. Um, you know, combined with that hustle, I think will, is the, the ultimate combination of two, two, two things that will get you where you want to be. I just have to share with you because people listening to this, 
one of my recent episodes was that I was retiring the hustle (laughs) 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 only because it's like, I know for myself, and this is where you talk about a mentor that you really, there, there does to me that there has to really be a level of, of trust. And you have to be able to step back and say, this is a good mentor or not just because they've had success with 50 other people. If you don't feel it, you need to be able to go "Uh -uh," because there are a lot of people out there that are like, do it this way or it's not going to work. And I don't subscribe to that, that, but for me, it's like, there's a level of, of, uh, contentment in my life that I'm not willing to compromise. And so it might take me a little bit longer, but I know when I work from, and trust me, like I, I probably worked yesterday. I don't know. 12, 13 hours, because I was just inspired, right? It was intention. Mm-hmm. And when I come from that place, so I'm just pointing that out because I literally just did an episode called Retiring the Hustle. Um, <laughs> but I think I, I think what I'm hearing you say, though, is it's you have to be willing to do the work, right? It's just, yeah. it's, it's, so call it what you will. And for me, it was just clearly there's something with that word that doesn't resonate with me. I'm totally not trying to call you out. But no, no, I no. think, well, you know, you know what, though, I, I think is important to take away is that there that we're all at different points, right? So exactly. Like right now, if you look at me right now, do I hustle as much as I did during those that two year period? Not even close. Um, because again, like, I think, like you said, there's a level of contentment, you know, I, I'm doing a lot of things that I want to do and I don't feel the need as much anymore. But what I will say is like you, when you feel inspired by something and there's something new, all of a sudden, I think you find yourself back in that mode. The problem, the, the, the thing, or I guess I'll call it a problem that I see is there's too many entrepreneurs out there that will sit there and say, well, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. And then they'll plop down in front of the TV and watch, you know, six episodes of lost on Netflix and then be like, oh, okay. I guess I'll go to bed now. And for me, that's a problem. If, if you're sitting here saying to yourself, I have a dream and I want to go live it and I want to build this and I want to do this, but, but that watching, you know, binge watching TV is more important to you then either your dream is wrong or you don't have enough passion for what you're trying to accomplish. Because if it was like, I know during that period of time, there was very little that I wanted to do. Like even, even on the, on the occasion where I would be sitting and watching TV, my brain was still thinking about what about this or what about that? There was something else that was in my mind. Um, and I think everyone is at different points in their life. And so if you're, if you're at somewhere where you're, you've already kind of made it or you're, you're comfortable with where you're at and you don't see the need to hustle as much. Great. That's awesome. That means probably at some point you already did the hustle. Yeah, but if you're totally. There, but if you're sitting there and you're, and you're not where you want to be, you, you're sitting to yourself saying, Hey, this is, I can be better. I want to be better. Um, then I think that's the time for hustle to come in. So I think there is times when it's important, but there's also times when it's okay not to. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And it's funny because I'm sitting here thinking, well, I just spent a good, I don't know, it wasn't straight, but probably five hours on a blog post that was over 3000 words, because I am truly at a different place. And I'm going, all right, I'm testing and measuring and tweaking things from a different perspective, because I've set up systems. So yeah, I totally agree. And it's funny, because even the, the binge watching, like, I still kind of have to have my laptop, but it's usually I do that because I've pushed, I've pushed and I'm like, now I'm just collapsed and I cannot think anymore. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. Um, okay, I want to jump into the book because holy moly, I'm going to, the title of the book, you guys, is Get Out of Your Own Way. And just so everybody listening knows, all the links to everything that Bob has mentioned, we will link to his site, we'll link, we'll link to the book, all of that stuff. It's all going to uh, be in the show notes, but Get out of your own way. First of all, it was there. Is there a story behind the title before we get too much into it? Um, a, a little bit, actually. It's kind of funny. So I started outlining and writing the book and I wrote the whole book and edited the whole book and I had the title already picked in my head. Um, and ready to go with it, whatever. And then I met our, our mutual friend Joshua and he basically was like, that title sucks. And I, was <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding me. He's like, yeah, sorry, man. It sucks. He's like, I mean, if you really, really want it, we can do it. But I'm going to tell you right now, it sucks. And I'm like, um, and so uh, what we actually did is that we brainstormed a new title um, or a, a series of various different titles. And then I put those titles out to my audience um, and said, hey, like, you know, which do you guys like the most? And it, this has two purposes. One, obviously, is to um, find out what resonates with them the most, because the more that the title can resonate with somebody, um, the more likely they are to pick the book up, which is the ultimate goal. You know, I mean, I, writing the book is all fine, fine and dandy, but if nobody reads it, what was the point? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but also, number two, uh, it does, you know, serves for more of a, a promotional purpose to get people excited about the process of me writing the book and all that. Um, and so, yeah, so um, we kind of workshop some new titles and, and the the final title is 
sort of a combination of, uh, of what I, myself and Joshua came up with, as well as what, um, you know, all the, all of my entrepreneur, entrepreneurial friends out there, um, sort of helped me workshop into a final title. Um, but the, the, the end of the day, I like this title the most because I think it, it most clearly communicates something that I feel like most entrepreneurs know. Like they, they feel like they know that they're in their own way sometimes, but, um, they don't necessarily know how or why or what's happening with it. Um, they just kind of have like, uh, I'll say a more of a gut feeling that that's what it is. Um, and sometimes when someone can finally put words to it, and I think this title does that, all of a sudden they go, Oh man, yeah. Like they, they it just kind of, it, it hits them and they're like, yeah, I do get my own way a lot. Um, and, and I'm just as guilty of that myself. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I've been in my own way, probably more, more than anyone else, you know, anyone or anything else has, has been. So it's not just a book about, you know, for, for everybody else, it's a book for myself sometimes as well. Well, and the subtitle break the perfectionist mindset and there's a little bit more, but I'm going to do this in pieces because they're all <laughs> super relevant. Like they're a great copy here. Um, but you know, the perfectionist mindset, I think for entrepreneurs, I, I think at a certain point, it was almost like a badge of honor to say, well, I'm such a perfectionist and it, it's a total distraction. And, and I don't want to be harsh and say that it's a cop out, but it's an, it's an easy way never to ship it, right? It's an easy mm-hmm. way to never just produce something. Um, so. We, I don't know where you want to jump in with the book, but it was this through your own trial and error? Was this experience in working with people? Like what brought in this perfectionist mindset for you? Yeah. So um, I want to actually, there's a funny story, which is sort of the start of me breaking my own perfectionist mindset. So, um, you know, my, my old job was a very techie kind of job. And um, so when I started my first business, which is the real estate business with my dad, um, of course, me being me, I was like, oh, well, we, we need a website. That's obvious. Like everyone knows you're going to need a website. Um, and so I was like, if only oh. they did know. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm totally kidding. I'm going to assume that the people listening to your podcast know they need a website. <laughs> they do. That was my own personal, um, <laughs> like, I don't work with local clients. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. Um, but yeah, so I was like, but I was like, oh, I can code a website. I'm going to build it myself. And so I started building a website and I spent probably two months getting this website to what I thought was perfect. And I finally got to a point where I was like, all right, this looks good. Uh, and I sent the link to one of my mentors, uh, who's also a techie person. Uh, and he wrote back, is it done yet? Cause it looks like crap still. And I was like, Oh God. Like, cause I I was like so happy with my final product and he basically just slammed it unintentionally. Like he, he didn't really know that that's what I had done. Um, but that was sort of like the, the first I'll say moment of holy crap, Bob, like you've got to get out of your own way. Um, and it would take a little bit longer from that for me to, to like finally make the, make the realization I'll say. Um, but that was sort of that first story. But um, what finally sort of triggered it is a phrase that I absolutely love. Um, and I, I saw, um, at, uh, the Facebook headquarters. Um, and it's, it's a phrase that says done is better than perfect. Um, and I don't know why, but that particular phrase really resonated very deeply with me. And that was actually going to be the initial title of the book. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that's sort of, cause God, that, that's crazy. What, cause it doesn't seem like that bad. It seems like a good title to me, but, but Joshua knows not me. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it was a, a horrible title, but I, I think I think he might have just maybe maybe just exaggerated how bad it was to get me to be more receptive to the change. Because if he said it was like an okay title, I, I probably would have dug in. My my Taurus genes would have been like, no, we're gonna go with it. It's good enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I saw that phrase, and um, something interesting happened was um, uh, one of the one of the private Facebook groups I'm in, I, I was conversing about how well that resonated with me. Um, and they had said they print, they had actually printed out this phrase and stuck it on their wall to remind them. And, um, and I was like, that's a really good idea. And so I ended up doing the same thing. I, you know, typed it up, printed it out and I stuck it on the wall. But what I did was, um, in my office, I have like one of those, I'll say like nicer office chairs that kind of like reclines back. Mm-hmm. And every single time I would get stuck and I was getting in my own way, what would happen is I would lean back in the chair and I would probably, I would start like rubbing my temples because it would cause a headache for me. And like there was something that was causing me to have a headache. And every time I did, I, the natural like way my body leaned back, I would always end up looking at this one spot on my wall in my office. So I literally taped it at that spot. And that was like the thing for me that triggered to me, 
hey, if I'm like leaning back from my temples and I look there, that's when I know, oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm doing it again. Um, and so that really, you know, um, that triggered something in my, in my brain for me to start realizing, um, what was my trigger for, you know, for me to do this. So, um, it took me a little bit of, of, of realizing, okay, Hey, I'm getting in my own way. What was the trigger for me? And that, that led me down a path of really researching, finding, you know, how do other people find their triggers? What are they doing? Um, talking to people who, uh, who are successful and saying, Hey, what have you done to, you know, you know, for example, couple of my mentors, they, they run a nine figure business. You don't get to nine figure business unless you figured out how to, you know, sort of, I'll say, get out of your own way. Cause if you're still in your own way, you're not going to get to nine figures. There's just I think no we need to just way. state that that's like a hundred million people <laughs> like yeah. start thinking <laughs> about the numbers. Cause you hear nine <laughs> figures and it's like, that's like a hundred million plus anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know, for example, that this year, I think they're on par to do, I think 160 or 170 million. Um, and so again, you don't get to that point unless you've kind of figured some things out. And so a lot of what this book contains is, is, um, a combination of what I've talked to people who are doing it well, what they have, um, how they've done it, um, as well as what I've taken from that and what's worked for me. Um, and, and, I don't really talk about what's not worked because I, I think there are a lot of things you can do that don't work. And there's some things that might be a little bit cheesy. Maybe they work for me, but they don't for you. And, um, but I think that the combination of, there's a combination of things that have always worked very well for me. And hopefully, um, you know, I, I don't expect that every single thing in the book will be a, a home run for every single person. But even if only two or three things out of that whole book do help you, I think that's, that's the more important point is that we all have to sit down and figure out what works best for us. And it's about, about taking that first step and saying, okay, great. I I've admitted, uh, if you will, that I am in my own way. Now, how do I start to fix this? Yeah. And you know what, what I have found, I have learned over the last, I don't know, five years that I go into massive resistance when someone's like, do it this way. I'm like, yep, me no, too. no, no. Right. So it's <laughs> like, so like exactly what you're saying is by taking something and going, all right, well, I can do this, but I'm going to put a Kim spin on it, right? Exactly. Even if it's so minute, like somebody wouldn't even, wouldn't even recognize it, right? But knowing, and again, I keep coming back to that trust piece, but there's something that what I love about you saying, and I'd love to hear if you could share a couple of the steps from the book. Um, but it's knowing that the doing is going to get you there so much closer and so much more clear. Like that's where clarity comes for me. It's like I've worked with clients where, with, with like coaching clients and they have this idea of, of what their program or what their service is going to be. I'm like, you're going to learn so much more and dial this down so much faster just by doing it. Whether you have to go do it for free for somebody or whether you need to just launch it and create it as you go and get engagement. This whole idea that we've got a crystal ball and know exactly what is going to work from day one. It just, it's false. Um, but yeah, I would love, can, can you share a couple things that you've learned from mentors or what works for you? Yeah. Um, so, and of course we I want think, everyone to read the book, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. This, this, I'll, I'll share, yeah. I'll share a handful of things. You know, the, the book's a little over a hundred pages long, so there, there's a lot in there. Um, and you know, I, I'll share some things that I've done. I do want to state one thing before I share some of these. Um, and in the book, I kind of dive into to an analysis of how we ended up becoming perfectionists and why we become that. And I think it's important for everyone to realize too, that while having a, a tool in your back pocket is a great thing um, that you can go to, uh, you, you, you do have to really understand where you're coming from um, before the tool is going to be the most effective it can. It can certainly be effective, you know, without understanding that, but it's going to be a lot more effective once you dive into that. And that's really uh, some of what the book is about as well as understanding what it is that you're doing uh, and sort of what your own path toward perfection was. Um, I cannot but, wait to read this. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, so one of the big things that I think helped, helped me um, is understanding the difference between excellence and perfection. Uh, and there's a big difference between the two. Um, and excellence is defined by external factors. So other people will define what excellence is in your product, your service, your business. Um, perfection is defined internally. So when, when you think or you look back at your business and your, or your service, or your product or whatever it is that you're, you're doing out there, what you're going to find is that when you talk about something being perfect, it's your definition because what's perfect to you may not be perfect to somebody else and to the third person, to a fourth person, to anybody else out there. However, 
excellence is defined by others and you don't have to be perfect to be excellent. A great case point of this is uh, the iPhone. Uh, look at the iPhone. What are we on? Version 6S, I believe, just came out now. Mm-hmm. Compare each version. I'll just say the the 4 to the 5 to the 6. If you look at each version of the iPhone that comes out, they leave a lot of things out. More often than not, that's how Samsung attacks them is by saying, hey, look at all these other things that we had that you don't. And Apple knows that, you know, their phone is not perfect. They could have put those things in. They could have tried to get as many things in there. Um, they certainly could have done that. However, they've chosen to focus on a handful of things in their phone and make each of those handful of things, while maybe not quantity-wise, quality-wise, excellent. And I think I think we can all agree, just by looking at the sales numbers of the iPhone, that it's it's perceived as an excellent product. No one's going to buy millions of iPhones out there if they didn't think the phone was excellent in what it does. And it may not be perfect. Uh, there might be a lot of things that it could do that it doesn't, but... Um, again, perfection is defined by our, our internal standards and excellence is defined by everyone else's perception of what we're putting out there. And there's a lot of ways that we can achieve excellence without having to be perfect. God, that is awesome. You are Mr. Tweetable. There's going to be some awesome <laughs> tweets in this post. But, you know, the other thing is in listening to that, you know, the fact that 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 excellence is defined by external that's, I don't mean it's ambiguous from you sharing it. I mean, it's ambiguous in that, like, who is saying you're excellent, right? So there's this mm-hmm. whole other, like, there's, there's so much more to take. It's, it's never as black and white as it feels, I guess is what I'm saying. And, and so, um, now I just, I love this. Okay. Keep yeah. going, please. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, well, so in the book, I have, I have 10 different ways that you can, you know, try to achieve excellence in everything that you're doing. Um, I'll share a handful of those with you right now. But before I share those, uh, something's important. I think I want to state is it is ambiguous to say that ex, you know, excellence is defined by external party, parties out there. Um, who I think you need to, to look at the most as defining excellence is your customers. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones that you're doing whatever it is that you're doing for. Um, and uh, I think this is interesting. You you had mentioned something about, you know, people have these, these ideas about, hey, this is exactly what I'm going to build. Here's my exact product, my service, my coaching program, my whatever it's going to be. Um, one thing that I've learned the most in, the, in the, the last several years of doing everything that I've done is that we can sit here and define what we want something to be all day long, um, but we'll learn more from what our customers want. And maybe it means we have to do something for free. So, for example, um, I launched a, an online course and I, I, I and my partner in the, in the business had this great idea about here's what's going to be. We spent a lot of time outlining the whole thing, what we wanted it to be. Uh, and then we launched it and we weren't really seeing the traction that we wanted. And I went, wow, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I feel like we built this for everybody else. Why are they not getting it? Um, and so we relaunched it without any information about what it is, simply stating the result that they could expect to get from it. Uh, and, and oddly enough, when we stopped defining what it was, our customers suddenly came and they told us what they wanted. And the end product ended up being significantly different um, from what we thought it was going to be, but much more valuable to, valuable to the end person. Um, and I think that's a, that's a good thing to take away is that our customers are the ones that ultimately are going to define if our product or service is excellent. And so we need to listen to them as much as possible. And that's actually one of the ways that I talk about uh, achieving excellence is to listen. And uh, I use the words truly listen because I think that's important for someone to take away. Not we can sit here and say all day long, oh, yeah, I listen to my customers. But do you do you truly listen to them? Um, and when I say listen, I mean, actually stop, have a conversation with them, understand at a deeper level. What is it that they are talking? What are they communicating? Asking questions pertaining to what they're saying um, and not interjecting and saying, well, we were going to do this or, oh, we, you know, we we're going to do that. Or, oh, I, you know, I, I had that thought. No, stop all that and just ask them to share what they want out of what you're offering. And I think uh, a couple of things happen when you do that. Number one, and probably most importantly, um, is they feel valued. All of a sudden, their opinion is important to you. And there, there is nothing that you can sell that will be of more value to them than for them to understand that, that they are, that you're recognizing their contribution to your business, that they feel valued in whatever it is that you're asking them around. Um, people's, you know, that, that, that's like a, what is it? The, is it the, 
uh, I forget the hierarchy of needs, right? As oh, we go Ma- up Maslow's, right? Yeah, Maslow? Is it, it's Maslow? Ma- Ma- Maslow. I was like Maslow, Maslow, <laughs> yeah. uh, Pavlov, I don't know. Yeah. Getting all those names confused. <laughs> um, but right, like as you move up that, one of, yeah. the, one of the things is, is having that connection, right? And this is a great way. People, when people are, feel like they've been truly listened to and that their opinion was not just taken in, but actually heard, um, it, it creates, um, it creates, raving fans of your business and your raving fans are going to be worth more to you financially, business growth, and in every other possible way than any other, any other person that you deal with in your business. Um, and so that's, that's one way. Can I share um, a quick little story along those lines? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's funny. Cause I've had people saying to me, you know, I've done doing like WordPress how to or training and, and there's so much of that, that out there. That's really not my, uh, my bent right on online. It's really, I love the, the teaching and the engaging and the connecting, but building a business. I'm not here to show people just how to install a plugin or something. Right. right and right. so for a long time, I just, I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And what's interesting is that when I launched this podcast almost three years ago and I, I had zero expectations other than it was something I wanted to do. I needed to do things my own way. I was just going to show <laughs> up and have fun doing it. Well, it, the evolution of it, I get more engagement and feedback from people saying, you know, thank you for being real. Thank you for sharing your stories or you touched my heart with it. Like it gives me goosebumps to say. And from that is launching a new community and it's going to be exactly the way I've been showing up with the podcast. I'm like, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do it how I want to do it <laughs> with the intent to provide massive value. But people have been telling me what they appreciate about what I've already given, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of me stepping back and thinking this is the ultimate course or this is the type of entrepreneurial community people want, I was like, no, 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 let's just keep this simple. What has been the most value? What have people told you they value and appreciate? And, you know, years later, again, WordPress Chick has been online seven years. And this is the first time I've launched any sort of community because they've told me what they wanted. And I'm not married to how it looks when it starts. I'm like, I'm just going to keep with it and keep engaging and connecting. And they'll tell me, oh, I really like this training or this uh, this guest was great or wow, I love that publication last month, whatever that looks like, but just being able to course correct along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And what's awesome about that too is that you've kind of done it your way and then you've gotten the feedback and it's it's been working and now you can kind of pick and choose um, the things that you already knew you wanted to do because you did it your way and also work well for, you know, the people listening and, and your audience, which is even better, really. Yeah, it, it's been wild. And it was just, it was letting go of this perfectionist mindset, right? And thinking mm-hmm. that it has to look the way somebody else has launched a course or where's my pre-launch? And I'm like, no. I've got a list. I've got an audience. I'm going to open the doors and then we're going to measure and tweak. I, you know, so again, that's what works for me. Anyways, go back. Yeah. I just wanted to share that. No, that's an awesome story. And it's, it's a great, great point um, to, to doing this. So where, oh yeah, that's right. So I was talking about a couple of ways. So um, like I said, there, there's 10 in the book. Um, the second, I, I really, I want to share two more really. Um, the second one uh, I think is important. Um, and sometimes um I've been told it might seem a little cheesy, but I, I, I think it's important uh, and, and I've seen it be important, not just for me, but for lots of people. And that's identifying your core values, understanding who you are, what you want to do and how you want to do it. And I think that ties great back to your story and the fact that, you know, we can sit here and you can be married to an idea. Um, and, and that's one way to look at it. Um, but rather than being married to an idea, marry yourself to your core values about what you want to do. Why are you doing, you know, why did you start whatever you started, whether it was a service, a product, um, a blog, a, a, you name it, what was the reasons behind that? And more often than not, you're going to, you're going to find some sort of core value, um, for yourself. And, and if you define those core values and you stick to them, what ultimately ends up happening is that, is that everything else you do, um, becomes in line with those and the people, your audience that's out there. Um, the reason that they're your audience is because of those core values, really. I mean, if you look at anyone doing anything out there these days, um, there's very, very few things out there that are, I'll say, you know, truly you know, new and unique and never done before. Most everything someone does in some other way. You know, uh, I'm sure there's a million people out there that can teach you WordPress, but it's not about being taught WordPress or understanding WordPress. It's about Kim's perspective on it. Her core values bring a unique angle to the idea of WordPress that nobody else can do. 
And that makes what you do unique in its own way. And that's the most, more important part. But if you look at that, it really goes back to what is your core values? What, what is it that you want to get out of this? And when you, when you live and breathe those core values in your business, um, it trickles down into everything else you do and your audience will latch onto those things and become a much bigger part of your, uh, of what you're doing than if you were to just kind of waver from those things. Well, and have, th- I love that. Your tribe finds you when you show up exactly how you need to show up with your core values. It's interesting because mm-hmm. I heard a mentor once say he was describing, and I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but he was describing his private mentoring program that he had. And, and he was explaining all these different people. And I asked him and I said, you know, it sounds like it was my mentor's mentor. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, I said, it sounds like you have a very eclectic group of people, right? And as, as business owners, we're told often to find your audience, your target market, all those, those demographic pieces that are relevant. Um, but I, it ties directly in with the core values. He said he, he specifically looks for people with certain sets of values. One is that they're non-judgmental mm-hmm. and that they're never satisfied. And I was like, that is so much more fun to me than someone's <laughs> age, income, hobbies, female, male. And I'm not saying those aren't important. Those are pretty easy to, to hit, right? Or to, um, to, to target an audience that way. And they really apply specifically to say targeted traffic. But when you're talking about the way you market your products and service, if you're coming from who you are internally, your core values, first of all, it takes away friction to me. It's like a no pressure because. I can easily show up as myself, right? <laughs> and trying to do it someone else's way is not going to work. Yeah, abs- absolutely. You know, that's actually really interesting. I was at a conference not that long ago in Vegas um, that a friend of mine put on, and he did a fantastic job. He, like your your mentor's mentor there, very eclectic group of people there, but they they were all very dedicated to the same idea. Completely different businesses. I mean, I had we had everything from online business to real estate to uh, I met a person who literally does furniture repair. I didn't even know that was still a thing. Like I just assumed people bought new furniture when they needed it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but she's built a very successful, her and her husband built a very successful business in furniture repair. And like, but they all, you know, there was all these eclectic people and all over, they all had the same vibe. Um, this particular conference was about building a business with a purpose behind it, not just to have a lot of money, but also to do something, to do good for someone, something, somewhere, you know, whatever it's going to be. Um, and, and they all had that thing in common. And I, and I thought that was, uh, to me, it was really interesting because a lot of times the people that I deal with, I will say are very, very specific in that demographic type niche, not necessarily the ideals type niche. Um, and so, yeah, it's, you know, it, you're, what did I see recently? I, I, I want to make sure I get the wording right here. It was a, it was like a motivational poster type thing, but it was on Facebook and I make sure I get it right. It said, your vibe attracts your tribe. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I like stopped for a second. I read that and I was like, does it? And then also I was like, yeah, yeah, it does. (laughs) It totally does. I've said that to people so many times and which is why I'm such a fan of podcasting because when people hear so many times I'll have a conversation with someone, they're like, Oh my gosh, you write just like you talk. I can hear you when they've listened to me and then they go read what I write. And the funny thing is someone tweeted, and I think I've shared this before too, but it was, I think you'd be fun to have a pint with. And I'm like, I totally <laughs> would be, right? But, <laughs> but the point is they're connecting, right? And so it's the energy that I put out through here. And I'm not trying to make this about me, but I'm just trying to give examples to yeah, people yeah. <laughs> of how you show up. And it's like, you totally have a ton of energy, right? So my guess is you don't work with people who are really quiet and laid back. Just picking up your energy, your vibe is like, okay, he likes to get stuff done. He wants to go make things happen. And that's who you draw into, I'm assuming. Yeah, I I would like to think so, yes. Which is kind of funny because as a person, I tend to be more introverted than not. But uh, when it comes to my business, I'm like a complete extrovert, which is kind of weird. Um, but uh, but I love it. And I love the people. And, and the people that I, I've been engaged with so far, and then I'll say are part of my tribe, um, I, I love them. Like They're like family to me at this point in time. Um, and there's 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 really no better feeling then, you know, and, and I'm doing, hopefully if, if my family's listening, mom, dad, <laughs> I love you guys too. <laughs> Are you Catholic? <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not actually Catholic, but, um, well, let's just joke around. I'm call, I call myself the recovering Catholic with that guilt recovering? and I do a lot of that all the time. <laughs> uh, no, no, I just, I, I, I love my, I love my actual family too, but it, it's fun to have sort of the second family who is, you know, the, the, the audience that, that, really has inspired me to write this book because without them, I probably never would have actually done it. 
Well, and they get you, right? And there's something, mm-hmm. there's something validating when you have, especially with, with this space. And when you, when you're an entrepreneur, it's fortunately you had your father and your grandfather who were entrepreneurs, right? But for people who don't have that around them, you know, it's very easy for traditionalists. My dad's a retired police officer, right? So mm-hmm. kind of traditional, you know, work, work hard, work hard versus work smart <laughs> and all those yep. things. And so there is finding that tribe of people that, you've got this go-to resource to lift you up, to move you forward. It, it's just, you can't really put a price on it. Um, you said you had another point you wanted to share. One more. Yeah. Um, and the, the last one um, is something that I think is all too often forgotten in, in today's today's world. Um, and it's simple and it's just practice gratitude. When, when you tell people that you're grateful for what they've done for you, um, all of a sudden you're going to find that uh, what goes around comes around and, and people come back and, and, um, you know, like I wouldn't be here on this, on this, unless there was, a, a, you know, a million people that I could probably sit here and thank for the reason why I'm, I'm having this conversation with you right now. Um, and you know, I do my best to be as grateful to, you know, each and every one of them in person as much as I can. Um, and when I can't do that, I, I do other things, you know, I, I write, um, I try to at least every single night write down at least four to five things that I'm grateful for, um, whether it be people, things, experiences, whatever it is. And I think you're, you're going to find an interesting thing happens is that when you start looking at the world from a, a grateful perspective, it dramatically impacts your vibe. Um, and when that when your vibe is impacted, everyone else can tell. And all of a sudden you're going to start attracting those kind of people who feel that um, and, and they're going to help you uh, deliver excellence even more because they want to be part of what you have. They're not just there to, you know, buy your product and then tell you to F off. Um, they're, they're there to be part of the experience that you're creating. Um, and again, you know, we just talked about how important it is to have the right kind of tribe. I think when you, when you have gratitude in your life, the tribe that you bring in, um, also has that as well. Um, and those are the best people to work with. Um, and case in point is, um, one of the very first online products that we ever launched, um, we actually put it up on Angie's list because um, it was uh, had to do with uh, remodeling houses and things like that. And um, honestly, uh, the, the marketing that we put out there um, and really the vibe that we created was all about money, 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 save money, because that's that's how we that's how we thought we would be able to target the most number of people to get this information, which we knew could be very helpful for them in their hands. Um, and the result of that, um, while we did get it in a lot of hands of a lot of people, you know, I think over the course of two months, we did something like, I don't know, 20 or 25,000 in sales, um, which is pretty awesome for basically, you know, about 10 hours of work up front, um, and then putting it out there. But, uh, an interesting thing happened was the people that we attracted, um, I will say for the most part, were very subpar kinds of customers. Um, they were the ones that would bitch and complain and mode. Oh, sorry. I, I, sometimes oh, I, you're all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, some, sometimes, sorry, sometimes I, I get going and thinking about these things and it just pops out. But, you know, the, the ones that are going to complain and moan about every little thing that, oh, you know, uh, you, you have a, a pricing guide and your pricing is, you know, too low for my market. Okay, well, great. So what, you know, and I remember having this conversation with the customer. I was like, so my pricing is too low for your market. Uh, what, you know, we based it off of what we knew in our market, which is the Buffalo, New York market. I realized it's probably a little bit less expensive than where you live. Where do you live? They're like New York city in Manhattan. I'm like, well, of course, like you live in one of the most expensive cities in the world. Like, of course the pricing may not match your exact market, but guess what? It, it like, it just like they, like they're the kinds of people that they'll find fault in the tiniest little thing. Um, because that's kind of who we, who we were attracting at that point in time. Um, and I also think that we, you know, we didn't express as much gratitude for those people coming on board. It was more, we kind of got overwhelmed with the number of sales that happened. And so it was just like, okay, thanks. Okay, thanks. Okay, thanks. Um, and so it, it comes down to that. And I, I think people oftentimes don't realize, um, what a, a little bit of gratitude goes a long way towards your customers, um, and building the right kind of audience, which is ultimately going to help you to, to create something that's more excellent, um, for your customers than, uh, what you probably would have done without it. Oh my God. I love that. I'm a, you know, what's funny is that retiring the hustle podcast, the title was actually gratitude and retiring the hustle. <laughs> nice. Even better, even better. I, I, I completely agree. And it's, it's something that I look at 
and there is zero data in my head to back this up, but you look at sort of the resurgence, I guess I'll call it, of direct mail and why people are signing up to subscription models and why people like getting physical stuff in the mail and appreciation stuff as an example. So this community I'm launching, I, I had some stickers done and I shared them online. I had so many people, I want one, I want one, I want one. I'm all, message me your address, right? <laughs> and it's there's that connection piece that happens again when you say thanks, I appreciate you, thank you. You know, it's it it goes a long way, and it 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 is so. And and you know, what's interesting is I feel like I'm totally tripping over words here, but when I shifted that in my business, I look back, I don't have clients that I don't like ever anymore. I really, really don't like. There were there were times I would say it's been quite a few years, but where I would I would be struggling with people who were nickeling and diming me, or they wanted extra this or, you know, and I don't really do a whole lot of website work anymore, but they call it like scope creep creep. And all of a sudden you're doing this and you're doing that. Right. And it's like, that doesn't happen to me anymore. None of that (laughs) happens to me anymore because I shifted my mindset and I showed up a different way and it, it just happens. And do you find that it happens in your life too? I find that when I'm in that space, my kids are like, mom's in a good, this is cool. Like, and they feel it right. And it just, you energetic, you can literally shift things around you with gratitude. It's wonderful. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can shift a, a lot of things. Actually, as you were telling that story, I, I, one more story I want to share because I think this is really cool. It's not mine uh, specifically, but uh, a guy by the name of Sean Malarkey, who I don't know if you've heard of him or uh-huh. know of him. Yep. No um, Sean so, Malarkey. <laughs> cool. So you might've heard this story, but your listeners may not have. Um, so I remember him, uh, I saw him, the first time I saw him was at uh, some live event. I forget where and when it was, but uh, he was sharing a story about how, you know, uh, him and Lewis did this like launch in their basement uh, and they sold all the stuff. And then um, I think it was, his, was his mom, I believe said, you know, you should really thank all these people who, who bought all this stuff from you. You know, let's, let's send them all some brownies. So they made brownies and sent like a little thank you note and some brownies to each customer who bought on that particular webinar. Uh, and it's really funny because he said he got a note back from one of the customers. that said, I was actually going to return this. And then I got your brownies and the thank you card. And they were so delicious. And I just couldn't believe that you had taken the time to send them. So I decided not to. So, so it was like, like a thousand dollar product. So he would have literally, for the cost of some brownies and some thank you cards, saved himself a thousand dollars. Not to mention, you know, every other person that got them just feeling special, um, because of a little bit of gratitude. Um, and I, I think that's, you know, and it, it, again, it's just something that's silly. Like it, it just like brownies, really brownies, but. Who doesn't love getting brownies? I mean, everyone loves brownies. Well, so <laughs> it's, it's, it, they totally do. And it's it's also that personal note, right? It's like, I, I mean, I've got thank you notes for a few different things and with, with what I do. And it's like, I always take the time to handwrite it. And and I owned a scrapbook store years ago, hence the stickers, right? I love stickers. <laughs> but it's like, there's this, this like trend towards swag kind of, right? And all these fun things. And it's when you look at it, it's funny. I think about because I, over the last few years, have dipped my toe into paid traffic. And I think... All right. Well, what if I gave stuff away or, or, you know, sent this instead of sending, spending that money on an ad, right? Like I've got my audience. I've got my tribe. Let's do something fun. Let, let's spin this a little bit and say, I totally appreciate you guys. Hey, if you want this, drop me your name and email, whatever that looks like. That is going to be, if you start looking at the, the lifetime value of a customer, right? And it's like, okay, it may cost me three bucks <laughs> to mail this or whatever, but that that's a customer, right? That's a, that's a, that's a relationship built. It's not spending mm-hmm. $1,500 on ads that might convert to cold traffic yep, and yep. might work. Right. So it's, and I think people don't look at that. So I, what an awesome story. And I just, I love that you, you ended uh, one of your shares on gratitude because this is probably going to sound sexist. I'm going to say it anyways. You don't hear a lot of men <laughs> sharing that. And that doesn't mean they don't do it. I'm not saying that, but not a lot of men will share that they really, that gratitude is a daily practice. So I totally appreciate that. <laughs> absolutely. No, and I, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I would absolutely agree with you. Um, and I think I'm trying to remember who kind of got me. Actually, now that I think about it, I think it might've been a guy that got a uh, guy by the name of Blair Singer who got me turned on to the idea of gratitude initially. But uh, I believe if I remember correctly, he, he was telling me his wife was the one who turned him onto it. So there you go. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's all full circle. Um, God, Bob, this has been so awesome. Where, so the, where's the best place for people to connect with you? Obviously today is launch day of the book. So let's, what's the website where they can check out the book? 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can get more information about the book at bobmackintoshbook.com. Um, and it will be out there. Uh, you'll be able to purchase the book. There'll be links on that site to get, get to the book. Um, also, if you, uh, you know, sort of shameless plug here, but if you do sign up, I did interviews with a bunch of, uh, really successful business owners, Sean Mar- uh, Malarkey included, actually. Um, along with several others kind of about their experiences getting out of their own way. Um, and so if you, if you join up, you can get access to those as well, um, for, for free. Um, you know, even if you don't want the book, that's cool. Um, get those cause it's, it's worth, worth listening to what these people have to have to share. Um, it's absolutely amazing. Um, and then as far as, uh, connecting with me, uh, personally, um, you can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, um, on, LinkedIn, on Instagram, on pretty much uh, everything and, and anywhere. Uh, most of it's uh, um, at the Bob McIntosh's Twitter and Periscope, I believe. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll send you all the links if you want to include those in there. Oh, yeah. They'll all be in the show notes, everybody. So again, just stay tuned. And I will give a short link to the book as well. But um, yeah, all the links to to connect with Bob, because of course, you're going to want to right? Um, and of all of that will be in the show notes. So if you are checking this out on the post, or you come to the site, um, everything will be linked there, Bob, it's just I'm so glad we finally connected. You're a trooper in <laughs> following up with me. And I appreciate that. But I'm just itching to read this book and we'll give you, I'm sure, a five-star review. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I truly, truly appreciate that. I'll say one more thing real quick. If you're looking for me online or whatever it is, um, I know always, you know, this, this is an audio uh, thing. So you don't always necessarily see this, but I, I'm six foot three and I have bright red hair. So if you see a picture of Bob McIntosh and it's got bright red hair, as far as I know, I'm the only Bob McIntosh with bright red hair. So you cannot miss me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And actually last thing you guys, if you can, um, I would love to gift up one of, one of Bob's books. So leave a comment, um, on the post and I will randomly just, just pick a comment within the first week of the launch. So, um, I'd love to, to send that to you guys. So make sure to leave a comment on, on the post. Um, thanks always for listening. Bob, thank you again. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to all your listeners for, for listening. I very much appreciate it. All right, everybody, just stay tuned. And again, I'll have those links for you and just quick short links. Uh, stay tuned to the very end. And as always, thanks for listening. See what I mean? Like, <laughs> I just, I love it. And you know what's fun is I have to tell you when I uh, had the interview with Bob, I was standing up. It's one of those, you know, I got that bear desk, but he's just the energy and the enthusiasm for what he does. And I love the stories, right? And we had talked about that before our interview. Um, but if you can do this, take take some of the steps that Bob talked about, obviously get the book, but take some of the steps and, and sort of bend them and tweak them in a way that works for you. Um, that's where my heart is. Anyways, I had a ball. And if you're interested, check out the book. It is, you can just go to the wpchick.com forward slash Bob M as in Mary. And uh, it'll take you directly to the book. So, and all the links and everything else are in the show notes. But again, that's the wpchick.com forward slash Bob M. Uh, Check out the book. I think you're totally going to dig it. And as always, you guys, thanks so much for listening. Have an awesome day and uh, we'll catch you next week.